0: just long enough, he judged, to be of use again. After some difficulty in pulling it free, he stowed it with the rest of the stuff. It was then he heard the noise, a scuffing and scratching, interspersed with the odd sharp croak. Using the hook against the stern of the middle vessel, he nudged the small boat a little closer into shore. That was when he saw them. Two scabrous-looking gulls were perched on something floating in the river, but seemingly fastened to the leeboard of the shoreward barge. They were squabbling over whatever it was the larger of the two was jealously clutching in its beak. It took the waterman a moment or two to realize that the birds were perched on the back of a dead body, the head having become wedged between the leeboard and the hull. The corpse was white as a ghost and entirely naked. With its slender limbs and long hair spread out on the water like a dark weed, it could only be a woman, that or a child. Although he found the nudity distasteful, as he did the vision of two birds fighting over a freshly plucked eyeball, coming across a body in the river caused him little upset. He had, after all, encountered dozens of bodies in his time, many of them suicides who had thrown themselves off one of the bridges further upstream. Quite often they were sucked under almost immediately by the current and dragged downstream to surface again only once they reached his beat. He had no idea how many of them remained submerged and made it all the way down the river to be expelled into the open sea beyond. Clearing the river of dead bodies, or floaters, as they were known in the trade, was all part of his job as a waterman. Indeed he was paid a small bonus for every corpse he fished from the water and delivered back to the land. After edging the boat as far between the two barges as the gap would allow, he stood in the prow and used the boat-hook to dislodge the birds, forcing them to continue their fight over the morsel elsewhere. Then he used it to lever back the board just enough to allow the corpse to slip free. As it came away the body rolled over onto its back. It was then that the stench hit him. The black funk came straight from the charnel-house and caused him to retch and his eyes to water. He knew from past experience that the sickly sour smell of a human corpse is just as much a taste as it is a smell, but this was the worst he had ever experienced. This one must have been under for quite some time, retting like flax in the murky depths. When his eyes recovered, he was horrified to see a further reason for the noisome stench. Where the chest had once been, there was now a gaping chasm, two folds of ragged flesh lying open on either side of it, like the pages of a book no one would ever care to read. Catching the hook under one of the armpits, he pulled the fleshy mass towards him, taking care to turn away when he needed to take a breath. What kind of accident could have caused that wound? Using one of the rags in the bottom of the boat to cover his hand, he took hold of an arm slippery with corruption and pulled the corpse most of the way up the side of the boat, before thinking better of it and letting it drop back into the water. There was no way he was going to have that thing on board. Instead, he took one of the lengths of rope and looped it around a wrist before securing the other end to the stern. Perhaps she had come into contact with the ship's paddle-wheel, or one of the new-fangled screws. They'd make a mess of you, all right. At times you could barely move out on the water, what with so much traffic plying its way backward and forward from the Pool of London. He had tried not to look too hard, but now, with her so close, he couldn't help himself. There was enough of the face left to tell it was a woman, and that that was no accidental injury. She'd been carved, deliberately cut open, slit from stem to stern— He'd seen murder before, but nothing this bad. Peering closer, he saw something dark glistening inside, something stirring in the cavity of her chest. Whatever it was began to thrash, sending out spurts of water. Then it sprang forth, uncoiling its sleek black body and launching itself at the waterman. He let out a yell and fell backwards, landing in the bottom of the boat alongside the dreadful thrashing form of the eel. Recovering himself, he tried to get a hold of the writhing creature, but it slipped away and wriggled between the objects in the hull. Eventually he managed to trap it in a shirt, and, after...